incidences that flew well under the radar and yeah. i did not hear of these i don't know if if you did um it's certainly not the only time that things like this have happened but someone sent me this clip and i really wanted to highlight it because i it's you know it, it really illustrates perfectly what is wrong with with the police in this country and and obviously we've been focusing on the police murdering black people in this country and it's not just you know the murdering of, of black people there are a lot of uh, police violence uh, instances of police violence that go completely unreported as well and not just violence but violence against black pregnant women so this video here is from october of 2020 and it shows a nine month pregnant woman getting attacked uh, and kneeled on a la derek chauvin mm -hmm. by police so pregnant. um what is this kansas city Kansas City. This happened in okay, Kansas City. Yeah. Yeah. So this is a, a short clip, but it's very disturbing. So uh, beware. You know, I cannot, I cannot fathom being a person who could see a, a, a pregnant woman, uh, you know, nine months pregnant, kneel on her back on the ground and be fine with that and feel like that's okay what the hell like meanwhile the nazi that shoots up a synagogue they're getting mcdonald's for yeah yeah <sighs> see, that's see, that's the thing that angers me the most is anybody the, the what they'll try to say is like well she did something to deserve this no she did not and i'm tired of folks saying well let's look at what they did are they criminals no, stop it they clearly don't treat guys that are white who have done way worse crimes with such violence. They absolutely don't. We have too many examples of this being the opposite, right? Moreover, this isn't, the police are not supposed to be executioners. That's not their job. They are right. acting like executioners for the state at this point. We have a jury system that's in place to deal with crime. This is not them going out there. I'm saying, I'm going to decide that you get to die today because what I perceive as you, the crime that you committed. Is that really the country you want to live in? Yeah. And someone pointed out, I bet that cop is uh, pro-life. Yeah. You know, uh, these people who show up. And last year, uh, I went to, uh, this might have been before the pandemic, but I went to the stupid um, March for Life thing to report in D.C. that they hold every year. Oh, you're a better woman than I. I don't know if I can well, handle that. It's the worst. 
But okay. I, imagine how those people would have reacted to that video. I bet you a lot of them would have said, oh, she deserved it. She should have, you know, done what she was supposed to do. That cop had to restrain her. Yeah, so pro-life of you, you freaks. I, I, and so that video, obviously, again, that's from October of, of 2020. Yeah. But I didn't see that making national news. And, no, and it should have. And not the only one. There's been several times well, when yeah, they've so there, There's another one that I have ready to go, ready to, to show you guys uh, yet another pregnant woman getting brutalized. And the only reason that we know about these is because people pulled out their phone. People pulled out their smartphone and recorded this. So imagine all of the times that this has happened to black people and we brown people know. in this country. And we, yeah, we just didn't know. Imagine how many times this happens still today and there's nobody around. Imagine all the times like right now, you don't have to imagine it because it happened, that it was filmed and still nobody knows. So this is a, a news article that came out back then in the New York Daily News, which isn't, you know, a bastion of journalism, but uh, it's one of the only articles I, uh, we could find which is about crazy. it. But can I say, that's, that's how sad this is, that that is the only... Ugh, they made me turn off ads, and so here we go with all the ads. Um, uh, see it. Kansas City police violently arrest pregnant black women, defend their actions. Kansas yeah, so this City is the follow-up to the same, right? Yes, yes. Okay. So this came out October 3rd of 2020. Kansas City cops forcefully arrested a pregnant black woman Wednesday, and one officer knelt on her back while she was face down on the ground. Police officer, oh God, sorry guys. Police leaders defended the officers, saying that the woman grabbed and touched cops before they took her down. I mean, I'm go, so what? So what? Yeah. We're fine. <laughs> Local ABC like, affiliate. If that's enough to put you over the edge, then you know what? You shouldn't be a police officer. But again, right. if it, how many times have we seen them take down murderous white dudes that have committed hate crimes where it was, you know, we're going to be kind and gentle with you. So I just, I don't buy that bullshit from them anymore. It's a lie right. they've told too many times. So this is the same video that we just watched. Cops said the woman was taken to a hospital, evaluated and released, according to a local NPR affiliate, WCUR. They said the woman who WCUR identified as Deja Stallings, got in the way of their attempt to arrest a man named Troy Robertson. Got in the way. Got, oopsie, got in the way. I, I mean, do they hear themselves? A second video shows officers rolling Stallings onto her side after handcuffing her. Stallings attorney, Stacy Shaw, said her client is nine months pregnant. Cops said they were called to the area by a gas station security guard who reported a fight in the parking lot. Local Fox affiliate WDAF reported. Police released a 30-minute video Friday of people milling around the area. At around the 25-minute mark, cops can be seen moving to arrest Robinson. All important parties then leave the frame 
and Stallings and others have been detained by the time the camera pans to catch up. Mm. Police said Robertson kept returning to the gas station after officers asked everyone to leave, so they decided to arrest him. <laughs> Several community leaders, including the NAACP and KC Urban League, demanded Friday that Kansas City Police Chief Rick Smith lose his job according to KCUR. They also said the individual officers should face consequences. Kansas City Police said they'd search for more surveillance video of the incident and continue an internal investigation. Meaningless. <sighs> so that's, uh, you know, of course they're going to defend their insanity. Mm -hmm. So earlier, I actually sent Tina because I was I was running behind and I you know I had found that someone had sent me that video and I didn't see it until kind of last minute and I was so horrified and so I was trying to find that that incident because the the link that the original person had sent me was without context or location and so I, I then found this article and I said oh hey Tina is this the same um, yeah, no, that's a different one. And and oh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Tina figured out no, that's that's a different one. So here is a second instance. This one is from June 26th of 2020. Miami Gardens officer accused of forceful arrest of pregnant woman bonds out of jail. Jesus. A strip club shocker in January in the Tootsie's Cabaret parking lot. Get back. It's where 32-year-old Sophia Satchel, who was pregnant at the time, was taken into custody, tased and arrested. After a confrontation with Tootsie staff, her encounter with then-officer... What kind of psychopath... Tasers a pregnant woman that? on the ground like that. Like, what a freak. Horrible. What a psycho. Yeah, I mean... It's a psycho. Tina, I bet if you analyzed, like, if we could see all of his tattoos, I wonder what we would find. I, you, you, God, you just read my mind. My mind was already going there, just so you know. <sighs> so this story, um, WSVN, uh, Miami, local Miami um, outlet. A former Miami Gardens police officer accused of using excessive force in the arrest of a Yeah, accused. She's literally tasing a pregnant woman in the stomach isn't just... Yeah, I don't think know, this is an alleged incident. We know what <laughs> happened. And the arrest of a pregnant woman is off the force after bonding out of jail. Jordi Martel was captured on camera using a taser um, on a pregnant woman and putting his knee on her neck outside of Tootsie's Cabaret in January. Martel was arrested Thursday and charged with battery and official misconduct. 32-year-old mm -hmm. uh, Sophia Satchel was arrested after a confrontation with Tootsie's staff. Martel, who worked the security detail that night, went too far, according to Miami-Dade State Attorney Catherine Fernandez-Rundell. Fernandez-Rundell said, Martel allegedly used excessive Alleg force by putting his knee on Ms. Satchel's neck. So what what about the taser? Um, he went yeah, and that also isn't allegedly, we can see that he did this in the video. Right. You're like, yeah, no, yeah. it's not alleged. It is what it is. Right. 
He went into Satchel's car without any evidence that she had committed a crime. Martel was caught on video reaching into Satchel's car as she said back to him, don't reach into my car. Yeah. He then appeared to pull her out and use a taser on her. Satchel's attorney released a statement saying in part, the days of shuffling aside these videos of police misconduct are soon behind us as a community and a nation. We are pleased to see swift action taken by the authorities against this former officer, which that's not, I don't believe, I mean, no offense to this attorney, but that's not a good statement. No, I mean, it's not behind us. By these videos. Yeah, that's, I, it, it not, I mean, that's not, ju- I mean, that's not just like, it's going to keep happening. Yeah. We're not even close to those days, even being a part of this conversation. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Uh, the Miami gardens chief of police called the rough arrest egregious behavior and wouldn't be tolerated. I think this is beyond egregious behavior. This has gone into completely violent Wow, the video outside of Tootsie's Cabaret included a staff member asking the person recording the incident, can you please delete that, sir? Can you? Oh, hell no. You guys know about influencers. The, the, uh, many of them annoying. Most of them annoying. (laughs) Influencers, Instagram influencers, etc. A lot of people try to become influencers and in trying to become influencers, some people make things up. Wow. There's even an HBO show. I can't remember what it's called, but they did an experiment in trying to get people to become influencers. And, you know, they, they bought followers and likes and things like that. You know, I don't care about any of that. That's, that's fine. Whatever. That's, that's uh, basic stuff. That doesn't harm anyone, in my opinion. What this woman did does harm people. This woman, this white woman, harmed people by being racist and alleging that people of color tried to kidnap her children to become a mom influencer. So this is a very disgusting story, and she finally is seeing some consequences for it. So if you have not heard of this story, buckle up, because it's a true example of um, white privilege and white disgustingness and just influencer culture and the sickness of social media. This is out of um, SFGate, charges for Bay Area mom influencer whose alleged kidnapping story went viral. An aspiring Bay Area mom influencer has been charged after police say she falsely claimed her children were the target of a kidnapping attempt in December. Katie Sorensen, who lives in Sonoma, was charged last week with two counts of making false reports, one to a police dispatcher and one to a police officer. Each charge has a maximum penalty of six months in jail. The news was first reported by the Petaluma Argus Courier. Sorensen went viral last year when she posted videos on her now private Instagram at Motherhood Essentials. My children were the target of attempted kidnap, says Sorensen, 
sitting in her car, which is such a weird thing to even vocalize, but it happened and I want to share that story with you. She then claims on December 7th, she took her two small children to the Michaels craft store in Petaluma. While in the store, she claims a man and woman began to follow her, allegedly talking about the features of my children. Sorensen said the couple didn't buy anything, but followed her out to the parking lot. She accuses them of taking two steps forward, two steps back before lunging for her stroller. Sorensen said she called for help talked to the police, and then decided to share her story on social media to warn other parents. I saw these people. They didn't look necessarily clean cut, she said on KTVU. I what felt uncomfortable. Well, in her mind, it means they're brown. I felt uncomfortable around them. And instead of making them uncomfortable with my discomfort, I choose to remain in my discomfort. The videos had more than 4 million views before they were deleted. And almost overnight, she went from 6,000 Instagram followers to over 80,000. And also that's a something about the United States that it, right. those videos received 4 million views. That's crazy. But in short order, Petaluma police cleared the couple, Sadie and Eddie Martinez of any wrongdoing. The Petaluma Police Department issued a statement indicating Sorensen's story had inconsistencies. To date, the investigation has produced no evidence or witnesses corroborating the account provided by the reporting party, Sorensen. Evidence gathered has served to support the account provided by the couple from the store, Petaluma Police said in a statement in December. The police chief said the incident would also be investigated as a possible hate crime. Sorensen has not been charged with a hate crime, however. <clears throat> Sadie Martinez's daughter, uh, Isaiah Gonzalez, told BuzzFeed News they saw the videos take off along with Save the Children proponents on social media. The hashtag is commonly used by QAnon adherents mm -hmm. driven by paranoid and dangerous beliefs about child sex trafficking. QAnon is a broad smorgasbord of conspiracy theories, but the majority of believers think a global organization of satanic pedophiles are enslaving countless children in sex rings. Um, on and on. So although Sorensen said in her video that she wasn't interested in pressing charges, police said in a follow-up interview, she did want the couple prosecuted for attempted kidnapping. It was a good day today, not just for us, Sadie Martinez told the Argus Courier. It gives everyone a little bit of help. Things like this do happen, and we wondered for a while if she would ever face charges. I just wanted to highlight that because this stuff happens every single day. And in a lot of cases, the white woman gets away with it, though the white person gets away with it. And thankfully, there were, you know, store surveillance videos that cleared the couple and did not, you know, show what the, the woman this Katie Sorensen was saying. So thank goodness for that. 
because this could have landed that innocent couple who, by the way, reports say were buying a figure of the baby Jesus. Like they were just living their lives trying to buy the baby Jesus. And this white woman accuses them of kidnapping her children for social media clout and racism. That's jacked up. What if, you know, how many times has this happened where, where justice is not seen? How many black and brown people are in jail right now for things that they did not do? Um, because of things like this, because of false reports. So I, I just, uh, I don't know. I, I just think it's um, yet she another- She should be prosecuted for filing a false report. There needs to be more of that too. There would be fewer people doing that if there were actual consequences. Yes. Consequences are, have to be had for, for actions like this. You know, it can't be, it can no longer be acceptable to be, to be racist and, um, I mean, yeah, to falsely accuse somebody, I mean, what if they had gotten away with that? Now you're sending completely innocent people to jail for no reason. Like what? That's just so messed up. Right. There should be, there should absolutely be consequences for that. Obviously we all want to eradicate, um, COVID it's, it's a pandemic. Uh, that obviously means it's worldwide. It's horrible and it needs to go. We all suffer when people from around the world get COVID. So you would think that even evil overlords like Bill Gates would want to do everything possible to eradicate COVID, even if that cuts into his billion many 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 billion dollars of bottom line like i don't know what rank he is in the world right now two or three or something he's probably close well. to a trillionaire at this point right very true um i think yeah i think elon is number one uh wealth wise gates has been number one in the past he'll be okay you know if if uh but he doesn't want the patent to get out there so he is really protective of patents and he's fighting the thought of this patent going out to places like like India, like South Africa. So this is out of India today, which as we all know, India is having really, really horrific upticks in yeah. COVID. So Bill Gates believes COVID-19 vaccine tax should not be given to India. What he said and why he said it. Even though Gates cited security issues and said it would be too expensive to share the COVID-19 vaccine patents with developing countries, several reports have highlighted the profit-making aspect of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation in the face of the pandemic. Bill Gates has refused to share COVID vaccine tech with the developing countries like India. Uh, again, he cited security issues and said it would not be feasible to share COVID-19 vaccine patents. He claimed that even if vaccine tech sharing happens in developing nations, it is because of our grants and expertise. Tech bigwig and Microsoft founder Bill Gates attracted criticism after a recent interview in which he expressed his reluctance in sharing COVID-19 vaccine technologies with developing countries like India. Even though Gates cites security issues and said it would be too expensive to share the vaccine patents with developing countries, which is bullshit, 
Several reports have highlighted the profit-making yeah. side of the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, which isn't the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation a foundation to like to do good in the world? Hmm. In the face mm. of the pandemic, it's philanthrocapitalism. Right. In a recent interview, Gates was asked if it would be better to share intellectual property rights on COVID-19 vaccines with developing countries, to which he replied by saying a straight no. Mm. Uh, let's see. What Bill Gates said when he was asked if COVID-19 vaccine tech should be shared with developing countries. The thing that's holding things back in this case is not intellectual property. It's not like there's some idle vaccine factory with regulatory approval that makes mm -hmm. magically safe vaccines. So he'd rather, like, he'd rather say, oh, there might be uh, safety concerns if we share this with India. Right. So we may as well not share it at all. That's right. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Reports and critics see this as a selfish move. Noting that denying vaccine patents or formula to developing nations would make it possible for developing countries to inoculate people with cheaper vaccines. Mm -hmm. Gates's justification for not sharing vaccine tech with developing countries. Gates justified this opinion of not sharing vaccine tech with developing countries by saying that it would not be feasible for a company to move vaccines to a developing nation. Here, he specified India and that not all countries are concerned about moving the safety of a vaccine. He claimed that even if it happens, it is because of our grants and expertise. Gates said, there's only so many vaccine factories in the world and people are very serious about the safety of vaccines. Jen, yes. can I just stop you there? Because you know what's really offensive, offensive about him saying that? Mm -hmm. Do you know how many PhDs India has versus the United States. And do you know how many visas we give out to those folks to come here to work in tech? I don't know, but I'm, I assume it's a lot. Yeah. So for him to be snobby about it's our exp expertise in this American exceptionalist way in, in, in relationship to India is pretty offensive. I have right. to say. Yeah. Yeah. Highly so. Gates said, there's only so many vaccine factories in the world, and people are very serious about the safety of vaccines. Moving a vaccine, say, from a Johnson & Johnson factory into a factory in India, it's novel. It's only because of our grants and expertise that can happen at all. Okay, so what? Like, good, do it then, yeah. <laughs> right? Like, what's your point? His point is he's a greedy bastard. It's it's absurd. Honestly, that's that's where this is at. Our grants and expertise. No, no, Bill, it's your money. Um, reports Damn. have noted that Gates's comments highlight the profit-making aspect in the face of the pandemic. Critics Hello? have also noted how the tech bigwig tried to influence the ignorant audience with false claims, calling it vaccine racism, which is exactly what it is. It, yeah, it absolutely is. It's, 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 I have to laugh because it's so absurd. Uh, it's, it's superficially absurd that he's even making these arguments, given the facts. Yeah. 
Bill and Melinda Gates. I mean, do people that. actually buy this garbage? I, I, I think only like the wealthy people who are part of this profit making scheme. Bill and do Melinda they even buy it? I think they'll use it to their no, advantage, no, but do they, they really believe this is true? No, I don't it's, think so. I think they're just, they don't, they're wealthy, evil bastards. Um, Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has committed $30 million, which by the way, that's like pocket change for them. Yeah. To fight COVID-19 and develop a vaccine. According to reports, the foundation's $40 million worth stake in CureVac alone has delivered profits in tens of millions of dollars. So they're profiting they're not being uh, philanthropic here. You know, it's not like, oh, that's so nice. $30 million or $40 million, whatever. Yeah, no, they're profiting. They are profiting. This is philanthrocapitalism. He's trying to make himself look like the good guy, but he is absolutely making money off of all of these things. That was That's like the point of it. I was trying to drive home earlier if that was missed. This, right. is, this is what it is. Is. This is like disaster capitalism, right? This is philanthrocapitalism. It's, he knows he's got a problem, a public perception problem. He wants to fix his public perception problem, but he also wants to continue being a greedy bastard. So yeah. what do we do? We set up a foundation and we run all of these things through the foundation and the foundation is, is you know, still earning all of this money, right? It's People need to stop viewing nonprofits as being entities for the good because some of them are, yes, of course. I'm not saying this is true of all of them, obviously, but there's a big chunk of the 501c3 universe that is not and should not be trusted. Think tanks are another example. They're 501c3s. What are they doing? They're lobbying arms for, co for corporate uh, entities. You know, They want to make themselves look better through academic eyes, right? All of this is manufacturing consent. The Washington Post is known for, well, like the New York Times, well, known for wildly terrible opinion pieces. Yeah, exactly. Horrible opinion pieces on things of great importance. Opinion, the wrong way to fight vaccine nationalism. So what kind of a headline okay. is that even? Vaccine nationalism? What is this? Oh, my God. I can't wait for you to read this one. <laughs> Americans will not be safe from COVID-19 until the entire world is safe. That basic truth shows why vaccine nationalism is not only immoral, but also counterproductive. But the simplest solutions are rarely the correct ones, and some countries are using the issue to advance their own strategic interests. The Biden administration must reject the effort by some nations to turn our shared crisis into their opportunity. As the inequities of vaccine, is he? Where is he going with this? Is he defending the United States? Like we're the innocent uh, ones in that, and not doing this? Yeah, yeah. As the inequities, <laughs> as the inequities of vaccine distribution worldwide grow, a group of more than fifty developing countries, led by India and South Africa, is pushing the World Trade Organization to dissolve all international intellectual property protections for pandemic-related products. Good. Right, exactly. All moral people with hearts and, and minds, also minds, brains, would agree that that's good, which would include vaccine research patents, manufacturing designs, and technological know-how. 
The Trump administration rejected the proposal to waive the agreement on trade-related aspects of intellectual property rights, TRIPS, for the pandemic when it was introduced in October. Now, hundreds of non-governmental organizations and dozens of Democratic lawmakers are pushing the Biden administration to support the proposal. But many warn the move would result in the United States, can you see where this is leading, handing over a generation of advanced research, much of it funded by the U.S. taxpayer. Yeah, and I say do it. Do it. That's exactly what I want you to do as a taxpayer. Hand it over. To our country's greatest competitors, above all, China. That's that's where this is going. China. (laughs) Oh, fuck. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So that's Who is engaging in vaccine nationalism here? It's certainly, it's the United States. If that's what he's arguing for, what he's arguing against, how does he not see this? This is insane. This is all part of the, this the is a doozy. There, yeah. I mean, this is like, this is what our- Who wrote this um, again? Josh Rogan, who's a freaking loser. Um, in Congress, there's justified frustration with the United States' failure to respond to China's robust vaccine diplomacy, in which Beijing has conditioned vaccine offers to pandemic-stricken countries on their ignoring security concerns over Chinese telecom companies or abandoning diplomatic recognition of Taiwan. There's also a lot of anger at Big Pharma among progressives for profiting from the pandemic. Oh, imagine that, Josh Rogan. Wow. So he's mad. He's angry. If we uh, open up, you know, save millions of lives, including in India, including in South Africa, China might find out. China might figure it out. Oh, my God. I am very suspicious that this guy has some links to some think tanks. I just wanted to look this up. Oh, yeah. yeah, Look at Josh Rogan. He's a real freak. he's, He's doing pieces for... Who knows who? Josh Rogan, Washington Post, killing conservative think tanks in D.C. will hurt the marketplace of ideas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this guy is not a freewheeling journalist, whoever he no, is. No, 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 no. He- Josh Rogan has a long and storied history. He's a real loser. Um, so the, this piece goes on and on. I definitely get, guys, look at the, the weeklet. Um, it goes on. I mean, are we supposed so- to cry for Big Pharma now? But Big Pharma, wow. This statement came out from Ambassador Catherine Tai. Mm -hmm. On Twitter. So she said, uh, let me blow this up a bit. United States Trade Representative Catherine Tai today released a statement announcing the Biden-Harris administration's support for waiving intellectual property protections for COVID-19 vaccines. This is a global health crisis and the extraordinary circumstances of the COVID-19 pandemic call for extraordinary measures. The administration believes strongly in intellectual property protections, but in service of ending this pandemic, supports the waiver of those protections for COVID-19 vaccines. We will actively participate in text-based negotiations at the World Trade Organization needed to make that happen. What are text-based negotiations? Like, are they just- I was just wondering that. Are get they on te- or each other? Like, <laughs> get on WhatsApp? Like, what are they doing? Um, these I, negotiations- Yeah, that's strange. Those negotiations will take time given the consensus-based nature of the institution and the complexity of the issues involved. 
The administration's aim is to get as many safe and effective vaccines to as many people as fast as possible. As our vaccine supply for the American people is secured, the administration will continue to ramp up its efforts, working with the private sector and all possible partners to expand vaccine manufacturing and distribution. It will also work to increase the raw materials needed to produce those vaccines. So that is good news for sure. And we'll have to keep an eye on um, the yeah, news. Yeah, let's see if they that follow through with that. Steps. Yeah, like that needs, the pressure needs to be kept up. Uh, it, it can't be the case that the goals like, uh, um, I don't know if I'm frozen or what, like the goals like um, Bill Gates and uh, Josh Rogan are allowed to, to win there, so. Right.